Welcome to New Life Assembly of God Media Ministry. We are glad that you are here. We believe the Word of God is relevant and life-changing, and we hope you can be blessed by this message. If you'll take your scriptures in hand and turn with me to John chapter 13. We're going to be reading verses 34 through 35 in just a moment and turn also to Mark 3 and keep your finger in both sections because we'll be reading from that uh, chapter as well. We're continuing our series this morning called and we're looking at the calls that Jesus issues to each of our lives. These calls go out to all of us and to be his disciple we have to say yes to each of these calls. Amen. So this call today that we're looking at is being called to community. Called to community. USA Today ran a story in 2020, 2020 about a farmer in North Dakota who suffered a heart attack after his combine harvester caught fire. When his neighbors heard about it, they put their own crop picking on hold and dozens of them gathered at his farm with their own combine equipment to bring in his harvest. They brought a dozen combine harvesters and within seven hours, they were able to bring in his entire harvest, which was a a financial salvation for this man and his family. Because when his combine burnt up, he was just seeing you know, his future and and his family's future go down the drains because how were they gonna pay their bills, you know? And so when the news media interviewed one of the farmers that was involved in bringing in his neighbor's harvest, the man said, it's just the farming way of life. The farming community has long been known for helping each other when times get tough. Wow. If farmers recognize the importance of living in community and the need to help and support one another in tough times, how much more should we, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, be known as a community of love and grace that stands together with one another and that helps each other in the time of difficulty? Amen? Read with me, if you will, John chapter 13, verses 34 through 35. Jesus said this, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. He didn't say by how much Bible you can quote. They shall know that you are my disciples, even though we need to read the Bible and study the Bible, amen? But he said it's by how we love one another. Now, we saw last week that the call to follow Jesus is a call to imitate Jesus. That's what one of the words to be a disciple means. It means to imitate Jesus, to become like him. And one of the primary ways in which being like Jesus is lived out in our lives is in the way that we relate to one another, the way we care for one another, the way that we treat each other in the body of Christ. The loving relationships that we build with each other in the body of Christ is the true mark that we are his disciples. Amen? If you come in here late and dash out early and you don't know anybody around, you don't have a relationship with anybody around you, what does that say about your relationship with Jesus? Not that I'm describing anybody here because nobody here would ever do that. I'm talking about folks at the church down the street. Amen? If you're in constant conflict, 
with people in the church and there's unforgiveness in your heart and you move your seat from here to there so you don't have to see the person you're in conflict with, what does that say about the way that we're following Jesus? Amen? Again, nobody here. Hallelujah. But we are called to love one another as Christ has loved us. You know, he cares about his people. He fellowships with his people. He ministers to those that are suffering and, and, and afflicted. He served the needs of others. And ultimately, he gave his life as a sacrifice for our sins because of how much he loved us. Amen? Jesus calls us to also love personally. He calls us to involve ourselves in the lives of others. He calls us to fellowship one with another. The word fellowship means to share a common life. He calls us to pray for one another. And if you missed the women's ministry, ladies, yesterday was a beautiful message by Sienna on how interceding or praying for one another is one of the greatest expressions of our love for each other. Amen. And so Jesus calls us to pray for one another and he calls us to minister to one another by using the gifts that he has placed in us to serve the body of Christ or to minister to one another. Do you know that every person here today has gifts that God has given you? There's nobody that can say, I don't have anything. No, you would call God a liar because God says that he has given to each of us gifts that are to be used to minister to the body of Christ, to strengthen one another, and to build up the whole church that it will grow in love and in health. Amen? And so God calls us to love each other by using the gifts that he has placed in us to minister to one another. Amen. And when we talk about loving each other, we're not talking about just a warm, fuzzy feeling. We're talking about very practical and tangible ways in which we care for one another. The call to follow Jesus is a call to live in loving community with one another. We're going to read our second passage of scripture right now, Mark. Mark 3, 13 through 14, it says, he went up on the mountainside and called. See, this is another one of his calls to us. He went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted, and they came to him. Then he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. Jesus called 12 to be with him and to send them forth. Now, often when we read this passage or we hear this passage preached, we emphasize that we are called into relationship with Christ and then uh, he sends us into the world to work for Christ and evangelize and that our ministry must flow out of our relationship with Christ and all of that is true. All of that is right. But as I was reflecting on this passage, the words that stood out to me were that he called 12 to be with him. He didn't call them individually, he didn't call them in isolation. He didn't call them separately to follow him. He called them as a group into a community. He called them to do life together with him and each other. 
So to say yes to the call of Jesus, to say, yes, I will follow you, is also to say, yes, I will live in the community of faith where you place me. I will live in relationship with the church of the Lord Jesus Christ where you have placed me. Amen? Now, you know, these men were from very different backgrounds, right? Some were fishermen, some were businessmen, some were tax collectors. One was a zealot or a revolutionary that had been trying to overthrow the Roman government. And then there was Judas, who was identified as a thief. And even he was in the group, amen? Peter, there was Peter who was outspoken and impetuous and always seemed to to be tripping over his own tongue. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, they were hot-tempered, and, and, and they were ready to call down fire out of heaven on anybody that disagreed with them. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of people today. <laughs> Cancel culture. You disagree with me? Fire from heaven. Burn you up. You don't exist. Amen? And then there was James and John, the sons of Zebedee. I mean, the same guys, they were hot-tempered, but they were also promotion-seeking, right? They're the ones that came to Jesus, and they're trying to get the jump on the other 10 disciples, and they're saying, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, you give us the positions on your right hand and on your left. And when the other 10 hear about it, they got all upset, amen? So, you know, there, there, there was a, a bunch of different personalities and people with weakness in the flesh, amen? Jesus chose a really diverse group, and they weren't perfect. And folks, I I don't want to burst any bubble, but none of us are perfect either. But you know what? He calls us in our imperfections to follow him and to learn how to love each other and serve each other and minister with one another. Because you know what? It's a part of... of, um, learning to love one another despite our, in, in the midst of our imperfections that makes us more like Jesus. Because you know what? Jesus didn't wait for us to get perfect to love us. He loved us when we were all messed up. And you know what? All of us in here, we have flaws, we have shortcomings, and he calls us to love each other. And as we learn to love each other, he's growing us. He's perfecting us. He's making us more patient more kind, more generous. He's teaching us how to control something that gets us in trouble all the time, our tongue. You know, somebody does something we don't like, and we say, Jesus, just give me grace. Just give me grace. I want to give him a piece of my mind, but I'm going to give him a piece of your mind. Hallelujah, Jesus. Y'all know I'm just being real with you because it happens, amen? Because we are... We are fleshly beings in whom lives the Holy Spirit, and we're trying to learn how to submit to the Spirit so that we can live the Christ life. Amen? So despite their many differences, these these were just ordinary people like us that Jesus chose to be with him and chose to be with one another. These are the people he would use in an extraordinary way to birth his church and reach the world with the gospel. And despite their flaws and differences, the one thing they shared in common was their love for Jesus and their willingness to follow him. And it was their love for Jesus and their saying yes to follow Jesus that brought them into relationship together with one another. And from that moment that he called these 12, they would spend every moment together. They would eat together, uh, they would sleep in the same place, they would pray together, they would minister together, uh, they would walk on long journeys together with Jesus. They were doing life together 
with Jesus. They were his people. The first Christian community. The first church in its inception. And they teach us several important principles for our own Christian journey as we accept the call of Jesus to follow him. First of all, following Jesus is a call to do life together. He never calls any Christian to do life in isolation. It's no, oh, it's just me and Jesus. That's all I need. That's a lion spirit from the pit of hell. And I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Because if you say that, you make God a liar. Because he said, we need each other. Amen. So following Jesus is a call to do life together with his followers. The call to follow Jesus is a call to Christian community. He called 12 that they might be with him and he might send them forth. When he called them to be with him, he called them to be with one another. And notice that he uses the plural pronouns, they and them. They and them. Now, this was before the day of, I don't even know what to call it. I'll call it pronoun confusion. I don't know. But back then, they and them was not an individual. It was a group of people. Amen. Because he called them to them, plural, to himself. So he called them as a group to himself. Amen. God did not send Jesus into the world simply to convert individuals, but to build a church. I'll say it again. God did not send Jesus into the world just to convert individuals, but to build a church. Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. He says we are his body. We are his people. We are his flock. We are his temple. We are his army. We are the family of God. That's just to name a few of the scriptural uh, descriptions of the church. And none of them are individual. None of them are individual. In our highly individualized way of thinking in the Western world, many American Christians compartmentalize their faith into a primarily personal, individual, and private relationship with God. You've probably heard it said, it's just between me and Jesus. But that's not what Jesus said. Amen? If we say that, it's in direct contradiction to the purpose of God. To say yes to Christ's follower, to be his, uh, Christ's call to be his follower is to say yes to be a part of a community of believers whose central focus is Jesus, who are fulfilling his mission, and who are being perfected into his image. You know, before the days of hundreds of cable channels and shows, there used to be a popular Western TV show. It was really before my time, but it was about a cowboy named Lone Ranger. Everybody, anybody ever heard of that? All right. He was, he was the sole survivor of six ambushed Texas Rangers, and he became a masked hero fighting by himself against outlaws in the Old West with no connection or affiliation to any law enforcement agency. And he acted independently. He followed his own agenda. He would show up in a town, defeat the bad guys, execute justice, and ride off into the sunset leaving the people wondering, who was that masked man? Unfortunately, many Christians today are following the Lone Ranger rather than following Jesus. Their their motto is, all I need is Jesus. I don't need anybody else. I don't need the church. 
I remember several years ago, we were having a visitor's fellowship, and I was talking to a, a gentleman that was visiting, and he, he was telling me, he's called to be a pastor. I said, well, what church are you a part of? None. I said, you're not a part of any church? He said, no, I, I, I don't believe that we should be a part of any individual, any single church. And I'm like, who are you going to pastor? You know, some people are so confused in their thinking and unbiblical, unbiblical in their thinking. But a lot of people, like I said, they're following the Lone Ranger rather than following Jesus. They visit from church to church. They may attend this conference or that. They may go to certain worship nights at some big-name churches or, or, or events with big-name speakers. Some may att attend a local church semi-regularly, but they don't put down roots. They just go to service ad hoc here and there. They don't build relationships. They don't become involved in a local community of believers. They are like the Lone Ranger. They live on the fringes, and they are unknown to everybody. You see them zap into the church, zap out, and you say, who was that masked person? They are unknown, underused, and unsupported, and unbiblical. But I have news for you. Even the Lone Ranger needed Tonto, his trusted companion. And you know what? One Lone Ranger could never have impact, made the impact that the entire Texas Ranger Agency have made. One person can't do what the Texas Ranger Agency could do together. Amen? And one person can't do what the church can do together. Being a follower of Jesus is not an individualized, independent, isolated life. We are called to live out our relationship with Christ in relationship with one another. That's, that's what the church is all about, folks. The word church is the Greek word ekklesia, and it means called out ones, called out ones. The church is a people who have been called out of the world into relationship with Christ and one another as his people. The church is a people who belong to Christ, belong to one another. We are the people of God. The church is not a place we go. It's not a service we attend. Church is a spiritual family that we belong to. And the thing that binds us together is Jesus. And when Jesus called the disciples to follow him, he did not call them individually. He called them into a relationship with himself and with each other. The Christian life is lived in community with one another. Have you ever read through the New Testament and noticed how many one another's there are? I'm just going to refer to a few of them. John 15, 12, Jesus commands us to love one another. John 13, 14, Jesus calls us to serve one another. Romans 14, 19, we are called to edify one another. Galatians 6, 2, we are to bear one another's burdens. Ephesians 4, 32, we are to be kind to one another. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, 18, we are to comfort one another. Hebrews 3, 13, we are to urge one another to do good daily, even as the return of Christ grows closer. James 5, 6, we are to pray for one another. 1 Peter 2, 10, we are to use our gifts to minister to one another and there's a whole bunch more one another's in the New Testament Amen. but the thing about one another's is you can't do it by yourself it requires one and another 
Hallelujah. The one another's of the Bible cannot be fulfilled alone. It has to take place in the context of relationships within the church. And Jesus calls us to live out our faith and grow spiritually in the context of one another relationships within the body of Christ. The second principle, spiritual growth takes place best in community with other Christ followers. Being engaged in relationship in the church is essential to our spiritual growth. I didn't say it, the Bible said it. Ephesians 4, verses 15 and 16. Now, if you want to locate Ephesians, it's about halfway through the New Testament. It's after the book of Romans. And you can think of it this way. General Electric, General Electric Pepsi-Cola. Galatians, wow. Ephesians, Philemon, Colossians. Easy way for you to find it. So turn with me to Ephesians 4, verses 15 through 16. The scripture says, Instead... Speaking the truth in love. Folks, if you're by yourself, you don't have anybody to speak the truth to you in love. You could be going astray. You could be headed to, the destru to destruction because you're backsliding and there's nobody there to lovingly come and say, hey, you got to get back right with Jesus. Come on now, folks. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we, wow, there's another one of those plural pronouns. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Amen. Each of us is a part of the body of Christ. The leg bone's connected to the hip bone. The hip bone's You remember that song? We have different parts of our body, physically, and they're all connected, and they're all important. Amen? You know how I know they're all important? Have you ever stubbed your little toe? Ooh, it immobilizes your entire body in pain. Amen? So even your little toe is important. And when it's not healthy, it affects the whole body. And each of us are a part of the body of Christ. And as we each do our part in ministering to one another, loving one another, encouraging one another, praying for one another, serving one another with our gifts, guess what? The whole body grows and it becomes more like Jesus, amen? And the body is built up in love, hallelujah. That's God's plan for the church. God himself tells us that we cannot grow up fully into the image of Christ apart from his church. We each have something to contribute to one another that is essential to our spiritual health and growth. And we grow not just by receiving from others, but also by ministering to others. I'm going to say that again because I want to make application of that. We grow not just by receiving from others, but also by ministering to others. I love everybody that's here. I'm glad you're here, and we want you to keep coming. But 
if all you do is come to a Sunday morning service, you're only gonna grow halfway because all you're doing is receiving. You're receiving from me, you're receiving from the worship team, you're receiving from the people that pray for you at the altar. But what are you doing to minister to others? What are you doing to minister others? Because you're not gonna be able to grow up fully into the image of Christ unless you are doing both. Because you know what? Jesus was constantly ministering to others. So if we're supposed to grow up into the image of Christ, then that means we gotta minister to others. Amen. Hallelujah, Pastor Maria, that's good preaching. Speak the truth, same the devil. Amen. Yeah. We cannot grow as Christ calls us to grow by ourselves. Amen. I'm not saying it. God said it in his word. I'm not saying it. God said it in his word. Amen. Living in community with other Christ followers encourages spiritual growth in several ways. It provides a spiritual family to support and encourage us. We need to surround ourselves with like-minded people who are also striving to follow Jesus because Satan and the world are constantly fighting for our soul. And there are times in the midst of the heat of battle when we feel weak, when we get discouraged, when we get tempted. And if we're on our own, we're in trouble because the Bible says if one falls and he's by himself, woe unto him because there's nobody to help pick him up. But if we're surrounded by faith-filled people, they can help lift us up. They can pray for us. They can encourage us. And they can be a net of safety when we're tempted. Amen? If we have accountability relationships, they can hold us and say, look, if you do that, it's out of God's will. It's going to break your relationship with God. So we will be strengthened to stand when we're surrounded by other believers. And having good friends in the body of Christ to do life together with enriches our life. It makes it more fun. It makes it more joyous. Amen? Because the Christian life is not about being put up in prune juice for 25 years and you go around, you know. No, it's a joy-filled life. And a part of that joy is having the wonderful fellowship. We had so much fun at women's ministry yesterday. And that's a part of what brings joy to our life. Amen? The book of Acts tells us how the early church not only had these large celebration services together in the temple, but they also met together daily in one another's homes and they ate meals together with great joy. It's that togethering that enhances the joy of the Christian life. Amen. Doing life alone can be lonely and it can be sad, but doing life together brings joy to our life. Amen. And being connected in relationship in the church also helps us to grow in love. Because we think that we're loving until we meet an unloving person. And that'll help us to grow in love. Amen. 
Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Living in community motivates us to acts of love, to, to truly living the life of love by acting in love towards others. When we live the self-life just for ourselves, it doesn't require loving anybody except ourselves. But Jesus himself said the chief identifying characteristic of being his follower is that we love ourselves. I'm glad a few of you are reading the Bible. He said the chief identifying factor that we are his followers is that we love one another as he loves us. And living in relationship motivates us to truly love one another in actions and through good deeds. It keeps us encouraged as things get harder and harder the nearer we come to the second coming of Christ. And if we are to love like Christ, that love has to grow in relationship. Because folks, there's some, some folks, not anybody here, that it can be challenging to love them. Not anybody here. But you know what? He loves us. And sometimes we can be challenging to love. And he said we need to love each other the way he loves us. So that challenging person is God saying, I want to grow you to be more like Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So when you meet that challenging person in the body of Christ, they could be sitting right next to you right now. Don't look at anybody. And you say, Jesus, just help me to love the way that you love. Amen. Can't tell you how many times I've needed to do that through the years. Jesus, just help me to love the way that you love. Amen. Woo. We'll never be able to grow in this area of love if we just stay home by ourselves and watch church online. Because you're not challenged to love anybody. Amen. Hallelujah. I know it may be a little uncomfortable, folks, but it's true, and we need to hear it because we need to grow to be like Jesus. Being engaged in community in the church also helps us to grow in consistency. It helps us to grow in consistency. Acts 2.42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. Their commitment to one another helped them to be consistently devoted. Their relationship with one another helped them to be consistently devoted, to be committed, to be faithful to do the Christian journey together. You know, we often hear a principle that's taught in regard to health and exercise, and it says, if you're going to diet, do it together with your friends. Wow. If you're going to exercise, do it together with your friends, because it will keep you motivated to be consistent. If, if, you, if you're just going to exercise by yourself, there'll be days you'll say, I'm tired. I don't feel like doing it. But if you have two or three people that you're exercising with and, and you don't show up, guess what? Hey, we're waiting for you. Where are you? 
right? So I keep you consistent. And when we have those relationships in the body of Christ, you know what? I may not be able to see if everybody's here on a Sunday. I just can't. I try, but I can't. But if you have a group of friends in the church, they're going to know whether or not you're here. And if you don't show up, they're going to... Hey, Sananthi Sue, I was looking for you this morning. What you doing? What happened, girl? Why weren't you in church? Oh, you going through something? Okay, let me pray for you right now, all right? All right, in the name of Jesus. And then we'll see you next Sunday, all right? It's going to keep you consistent coming to church, not just for the joy of seeing your friends, but because of the accountability of knowing that they're looking for you, and it keeps us consistent, amen? When you have that commitment and that accountability, you're much more likely to stick with it, amen? Being engaged in community also provides support in our time of need. Galatians 6.2 says, share each other's burdens and this way obey the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? The law of love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love one another as you love yourself. That's the law of Christ. It's the law of love. And a part of that law is that we would share each other's burdens. In healthy relationships, whether it be friendships, families, and church families, there's always a reciprocity. Each person seeks to share, serve, and help the other. So it's not one person always giving or one person always receiving, but there's a mutuality. Just think of it this way. If in your marriage, one of the spouses is always giving, 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 and the other person is never reciprocating, what's going to happen? The giver is going to get drained. The giver is going to get frustrated. Eventually, that marriage will probably break, right? So this is the pattern that we see in the early church. They were known for caring and sharing and praying and helping one another. But you need to invest yourself in building relationships in the body of Christ, in being there for others so that in your time of need, others will be there for you. If you're never there for anybody else, then you don't have the right to expect anybody's going to be there for you. I, I, I'm just making it plain. Amen. I've heard people say, not so much of our church, but it's happened here, but in general, the church wasn't there for me in my time of need. But let me ask you this. Who is the church? The church isn't a corporation. It's not an organization, and it's not the pastor. The church is you. And if we invest in relationships with each other, if we're there for others when they need prayer, if we're there for others when they're in the hospital, if we're there for others when they have a need, you know what? When you have a need, they're going to be there for you as well. If we invest in relationships in the body, then we're going to have that support network there for us in our time of need, and we'll be there for others in their time of need. Hallelujah. There's so many more reasons to engage in Christian community, but you know our time has run out. But the Bible makes it clear that this is the plan of God, and that living in community with the body of Christ, with other believers, is essential 
to our spiritual growths. So to say that we can do it on our own is to call God a liar. Someone wrote that when we come to Christ, we experience a vocabulary change from I to we. And that's not because of pronoun confusion. It's because we're no longer individuals, but we are a part of the body of Christ. John Piper, a classic theologian, says, the mutual bond that Christians have with Christ puts us in deep, eternal relationships with one another. Our bond with Christ, our mutual bond with Christ, because we have a relationship with Christ, it puts us in deep spiritual and eternal relationship with one another. Amen? So I ask you today, how connected are you to the body of Christ? Do you have deep relationships in the body of Christ which speak truth into your life, that encourage you, that help you to grow, that edify you, that you hang out with? Right now, name three to yourself, don't speak it out loud, three people in the church that you're close to that you relate to outside of church, not your family, not your spouse. Can you? All right. If you can't, that's where you say, oh me, oh me. So do you have people that are speaking into your life, encouraging you, praying for you, and are you doing the same for others? Because to say yes to the call to follow Jesus is to say yes to his call to engage in community with his followers. And a great way to build relationship in the body of Christ is don't just attend church on Sunday morning. Get involved in a ministry team. Start serving together in one of the ministry teams. That's a great way to begin to build relationships with the other people on the team. Also, go to one of our ministry fellowships. Go on a consistent basis. Men's ministry, women's ministry, senior ministry, youth ministry, young adult ministry. We got something for virtually everybody. Children's ministry, got something for virtually everybody. Start attending because those don't just have you steal staring into the back of somebody's neck counting their freckles they have you sitting face to face and talking and engaging in relationship with one another amen so step out beyond just coming to church on sunday morning get connected and and and, and you don't have to wait till the next ministry event to do that after church tell somebody hey you want to go get a cup of coffee hallelujah it's not hard we just need to step out of our individualistic, me-only mentality wow. and begin to build relationships. But the first step to being a part of the body of Christ is to step into becoming a follower of Jesus. And that's, we enter into relationship with him by repenting of our sins and placing our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're all sinners. Jesus came to pay the penalty for our sins. And when we repent, that means to turn away from our sins and we ask him to forgive us, and we place our faith in him, Jesus says we're born again, we're made spiritually alive. And at that moment, we are born into his family, the family of God, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you're here today, would you bow your heads with me? If you would say, pray for me, Pastor. I want to come to Jesus. I want my sins to be forgiven. I want to have a relationship with Jesus. I want to be forgiven of my sins. 
or maybe you gave your heart to Christ some time ago and you've drifted away and you know you need to come back. If that's you, say, pray for me, Pastor. I want to come back to Jesus. So if you fit into either of those categories, you say, pray for me, Pastor. I want to come to Jesus. Would you just slip your hand up? Thank you for that hand. Is there anyone else? Just slip your hand up and you can put it. Thank you for another hand, another hand, another hand. Is there anyone else? Praise you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for those that raised your hand. I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. I'm going to ask you to pray a simple prayer with me. It's not my words. My words are not special, but it's your heart in faith, and Jesus is going to honor that. Would you pray this prayer in church? Pray it along with those that are praying it for the first time today. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, and I believe that you love me so much that you died for my sins. Today, I repent. I turn away from my sinful life, and I turn to you in faith. I confess that I'm a sinner, and I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins, and I invite you to come live inside of me and help me from this day forward to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Praise the Lord and congratulations. Amen. Those that just prayed that prayer, we welcome you to the family of God, and, and we congratulate you on making the best decision of your life. But that prayer was a beginning, not an ending. It's the beginning of a lifelong journey of learning to follow Jesus. He has all called us to be followers. And we want to help you in that journey to understand the prayer you just prayed and the next steps forward to keep growing in your relationship with the Lord. And to do that, we want to send you free of charge a little e-booklet, but we need your email address to send it to you. So if you would, just text your email address to the number on the screen so we can send you this free e-booklet to help you in your next steps to keep growing in your relationship with the Lord. But again, congratulations and welcome to the family of God. To those of us who have already said yes to Christ's call to follow him, it's time to say yes to be engaged in community with other believers. It's time to say yes to build relationships, to love personally, to involve ourselves in the lives of others, to fellowship together, to pray for one another, to minister to one another using our gifts to serve the body of Christ. So we need to say, yes, Lord, I will put down roots in this Christian community, this Christian fellowship, and I will step out to build relationships and get involved in serving one another. That's what Jesus is calling us to do. And if you would bow your heads and if you would say yes to the Lord, I commit myself, I commit myself to be engaged in this community of believers, to build relationships, to serve one another. If you are ready to say yes to Jesus, would you stand to your feet? Just stand to your feet. And you're going to say yes to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And would you just talk to Jesus from your heart right now and make a commitment to him to build relationships within this church body that go beyond just seeing somebody on Sunday morning, but being committed to relationship, to ministering, loving, serving one another. Sp speak to the Lord from your own heart. Heavenly Father, I thank you for all of these that are standing in response to your word. I thank you that by their standing, they are saying yes to you, Jesus. Yes, not only to follow you, but in following you, they are saying yes to be a part of your body as we learn to follow Jesus together in love, Lord God.
Father, I pray that you would help us to break out of the pattern of just coming to church on Sunday morning and that we would begin to reach out and build relationships with one another, that we would begin to get involved in the ministries of the church where we can connect, where we can serve, where we can love one another and encourage one another in faith, Lord God, so that you can be exalted in our midst and so that we can grow spiritually and become more like you, Jesus. Father, we commit to this today in Jesus' name, and we ask you to help us to fulfill this commitment by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for joining us today. If you were blessed by this message, would you consider giving a gift to help support our ministry? You can text any amount to 954-516-1522. That's 954-516-1522. Thank you, and we hope you will join us again.